Today's scripture reading is often told as a lesson against greed. In fact, some Bibles caption this section a warning against greed. What is greed? Excessive or reprehensible acquisitiveness. We often think of greed as a rampant problem in our society and in many others too. But I believe it is actually a symptom, a symptom of an even larger, deeper problem that is our deep-seated need to know that we matter. Does my life matter? Am I good enough? Maybe a big house will prove to me and others that I am. Do I have value? Maybe the most expensive car in the parking lot will help me feel like I do. Am I a person of worth? Maybe a portfolio worth hundreds of thousands will help me feel, at least feel a sense of security and significance that my soul longs to experience. Sometimes, sometimes we become greedy like the man in, the, in Jesus' story. We will hoard it, up, it all up for tomorrow. And sometimes it's greed that's more about warning it all right now, filling our homes with toys and furniture and electronics. And when those houses get full, we'll just move to bigger houses, right? But whatever form it takes, greed is a symptom, I think, of the problem that we have yet to learn how to be rich towards God how to rest in the insurance that we are beloved children of God. In this passage, Jesus is approached by a man who asks him to settle a dispute between him and his brother, a dispute over the issue of inheritance. And with his uncanny ability to see beyond the obvious, Jesus, in characteristic form, answers the man indirectly with a story. Jesus tells a parable. A rich man has a problem. He's the beneficiary of a spectacular harvest, a harvest so vast he has nowhere to store all the grain that's been brought in. What a dilemma, right? It's kind of like having more money than you could ever possibly spend. Not that most of us will ever experience that particular problem, right? <laughs> At any rate, the man in the story has been extremely fortunate. His land has produced so abundantly that his existing storage facilities will no longer do. Because he's already been defined as rich, even before this bumper crop, it would be reasonable to assume that he had already had a large number of barns and sheds. And yet the man thought to himself, what will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. And then he answered himself, I'll tear down the old ones and build bigger barns so I can store even more. Now, that's a little drastic, don't you think? He doesn't just build new barns to augment the old ones. He's going to tear down the old ones and replace them with the bigger ones. He hasn't just done well. He's done very well. And yet, one can't help but wonder what this man is trying to prove. When will he feel that he has enough. And what about those around him? He seems to give no thought to them and to what they might need. He doesn't seem to see the bounty as surplus, as something to be shared. There never seems to be any thought other than mine. And so the man continues, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of stored up, you have stored up plenty of goods enough for several years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. 
I think it's interesting here that he leaves off the last part of that old Epicurean saying, for tomorrow you will die. I guess too many rich people, successful people, begin to assume that they are bulletproof. They assume they'll never die. And they think it's only about them. They don't even need anyone else to consult with. Notice that in this story, it's all a monologue. The man is talking with himself, focused only on his own needs and his own future. Notice how much the focus is on self. In this story, there are a lot of eyes and mice in that conversation the man has with himself. I wonder if what we're hearing is a false sense of total self-reliance and self-centeredness. What I'm hearing is likely the result of feelings of alienation and insecurity. Greed rears its ugly head in an attempt to feel good about oneself. He's filling holes in his self-esteem patching his ego with stuff. This is a story about learning when enough is enough. The rich man failed to see the abundant harvest, his extremely good fortune, as a gift from God, as something God had entrusted with him. Instead, he made it all about himself. He failed to realize that life is to be about how we respond to God's gifts, how we respond to the graciousness and generosity in our lives. Stuff doesn't make others, not even God, love us more. The stuff in our lives, the food we eat, the air we breathe, the music we hear, it is a gift from God because God already loves this world and each one in it. Now, we have to be careful here. I don't think Jesus is saying that money and possessions are bad in and of themselves. Where we get in trouble is with our attitude toward the things we have. This man, sometimes called the rich fool, began to look upon his possessions as a mean of attaining security, of being loved, of being good enough. But we all know that money doesn't provide meaning to life, does it? But we must acknowledge that money is important. It is. Let's be honest. There are a lot of things in this world that money can indeed buy. It puts a roof over one's head. It pays the doctor bills, funds education, and a person without money in our society faces many, many obstacles. So it's really about perspective. Our worth, our worth does not lie in the money that we have or don't have. It's not wrong to accumulate wealth through wise and honest management of God's resources, but it is wrong to think that being wealthy is the answer to our greatest needs and yearnings. For in the blink of an eye, you can be dead and your assets given to someone else. Jesus is telling us in this story that our job is to be rich towards God. I was struck by a story I read about a Senegalese football player from Liverpool named Sadio Maine. And of course, there are many other athletes, entertainers, business moguls who do similar things. But Maine had become quite wealthy, making about 10.2 million euros a year. In 2019, his fans were perplexed when they saw a picture of him and the screen of his mobile phone was cracked. They wondered why he didn't just get a new phone or at least replace the screen. And here's his response to that question. Why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 diamond watches, and two jet planes? What would that do for the world? 
I starved. I worked in the fields. I played barefoot, and I didn't go to school. Now I can help people. I prefer to build schools and give poor people food and clothing. I have built schools and a stadium. We provide clothes, shoes, and food for people in extreme poverty. In addition, I give 70 euros per month to all people from a very poor Senegalese region in order to contribute to their family economy. I do not need to display luxury cars, luxury homes, trips, even planes. I prefer that my people receive a little of what life has given me. That, my friends, is what rich towards God means. To be rich towards God means that we recognize everything we have, everything, everything is a gift from God. God is generous, and God expects us to be the same. To be rich towards God is to recognize that the gifts entrusted to us are meant to be shared with God's children. To be rich toward God is to love God's people, making sure that they have enough. To be rich towards God is to ensure others that God loves them. Yes, even them. The author of 1 Timothy teaches, As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing, storing up for themselves the treasure of good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is. To be rich towards God is to be rich in good works. To be rich toward God is to know that each of us, we're enough. We're beloved children of God. To be rich towards God is to know that God has provided us enough. We just might need to learn to share a little better. To be rich towards God is to know that God created us in God's image, loving, faithful, generous. This day, may we vow to be rich towards God. Amen.